Hello everybody, welcome to the 45th and final episode of the Chicken Chess Club podcast. My name is Jan Gustafsson. This has been a slow chess week. I've got nothing to talk about. But unfortunately, I know some people who lead rich lives full of interactions. And Peter Arne Nielsen is here to tell us what's going on in his life. Uh, yeah, tons of action. I mean, just back from Denmark, um, big party. Well, my mother turned uh, 80 this Sunday, so my sister oh, nice. and ne nephew was, uh, you know, having champagne, food, these kind of stuff. and uh, Food? Uh, food as well, yeah, yeah. A lot of food, actually. I ate so much, I fell asleep. But that's, well, that's how we do parties <laughs> in my family. Not, not by drinking, but by eating. Uh, but anyway, that was actually great. As, as you know, there has been some some illness recently, so it was good to 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 do these kind of things. So I came back around midnight, but now my eight year old is uh, having a bit of fever, so he stayed home from school today. So basically, today we have been, uh, you know, um, well, watching movies and and talking and having a good time. But of course, uh, you know, I managed to while he's watching movie, I, I have the engines running on on Magnus's prep, right? I should mention, of course, that of course, yeah, <laughs> of course, right. So I have managed to come. You know, it's difficult, basically, they say, to work from home and have an ill kid. But, uh, you know, I managed that today. So I'm basically happy. But now I get to talk to you guys. So even better. Right? Excellent stuff. Laurent, I can see. You got a haircut. Um, looking sharp. <laughs> sitting you. sitting in your Paris mansion. Yeah. What's yeah, going on in your, in your little world? Not much. Not much uh, happening. Um, yeah, no, I, I can't say. I was following uh, last week uh, Poches League, so I was covertating, of course. So I, I'm, I was paid to to follow, so I can uh, update you. But yeah, not much in in chess. Of course, I followed the, the Magnus games quite closely. But uh, yeah, life going on, uh, not not much, uh, not many changes. Right. How about you in Hamburg? Is it is it The weather is better. Uh, it's improving uh, or not it's, yet? It's, it's up and down. It was snowing yesterday. Today there's some <laughs> sunshine. You never uh -huh. know what you're going to get. But yeah, same here. I've been mostly alone with my sick son, who hasn't been in kindergarten for a couple days now. So I'm testing. I, I don't know. You guys are parents. Like, How many hours of Fireman Sam a day are good for a kid? <laughs> Eight or nine is fine, of course, yeah, but like yeah. at some point... I think double digits is sort of the cutoff. Yeah. That's what I figured, yeah. yeah. yeah, when, yeah. when it gets to 10, I tell him, no, time for some Paw Patrol. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I'm lacking uh, authority as well. Uh, so it's very, very, very tough. When Actually, it was holidays for, for my kids as well. So it's always a tough period because you have, you have to ent entertain them. The world, yeah. day, which is not... Uh, Uh, easy and not done, actually. Uh, yeah, you have to, to find some... Hard to be productive at the same time, unless you, you run deep searches like Peter. Yeah. Very hard to get stuff done. So normally, I only get stuff done when I put him to bed. And by stuff done, I mean doing very, very little as well. I saw Yanistan. Yanistan was back. Yanistan was back, back for an hour until, until my son wakes up. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, ah, it's okay. been a very entertaining week. And thanks, everybody, for listening. That was this week's episode of the Chicken Chess Club podcast. Because there's also not much chess going on, is there? Like, there is a pro chess league. Luckily, we have Laurent to fill us in on all the action. There's a European championship. But frankly, 
Is anybody watching that? I mean, it used to be a big thing when we were players. No, for me, that was an important tournament because you tried to qualify for the World Cup. But as a spectator, commentator, whatever, it's not really been on my radar. Have you guys been following it? I will surprise you and uh, tell you that I'm uh, following my, my French buddies, uh, <laughs> mainly, so Moussa Bacro and, and Lagarde. Maurizia as well is playing, so yeah, I'm, I'm updating every, every day on their results because, okay, I know them well and I'm rooting for them, so yeah, but not, uh, not yeah. If you're not playing, of course, it's less interesting to, uh, to, to watch. It's a bit strange, this European Championship, because it sounds like a big thing. And, but normally most top players are skipping it. No, is it because it's mainly considered a World Cup qualifier? Is the money not good enough? Why is no one playing the European Championship? Yeah, yeah, it's a World Cup qualifier and the money is not great. I mean, the first prize is 20k, but of course it's such a strong open that you have absolutely zero guarantee and it's, it goes down quite, quite quickly. I remember in 2012, I shared second place. I won 4,000. Uh, we is that like, your best result of 2012? Almost, almost. Because I lost the last round, I was reading. But um, yeah, no, you see, I only made uh, 4,000. I mean, it was not because we were sharing with uh, at plus five with uh, 10, 10 people and you just share the money equally and then it's not... I mean, it was a big... I played incredibly well, but for my standard. Uh, I mean, the result was incredibly good, my best ever in uh, European Championship, and I, I, I played many of them. I played at least 15, I think. Where was 2012? That was, was that in France? Did I, did I play that one? Was it in... No, uh, 2012 was in uh, Bulgaria, in Plovdiv. Ah, yeah, yeah. We made a quick draw, no? No, it was 2008 when ah, we okay. made the quick draw. But it was also in Plovdiv. It was in Plovdiv as well, yeah. I yeah. think Jan kicked ass, kicked ass in the tiebreaks, Jan. I have zero recollection of years, but I think... No, that's why you were playing uh, this exchange Slavs in the tiebreak and... Uh, yeah, yeah, I crushed Arashenko. Qualified for the World Cup. Yeah, you, you, you were hiding the pep in your game against me by making an eight-move draw, and then we were both very happy because we both qualified in that 2008 uh, tournament. Yeah, yeah, I beat Paco last round. Those were, those were the golden days. Let's... Let's talk more about <laughs> mediocre chess results 15 years ago. Well, <laughs> I lost. 15 years uh, ago? I think 15, so. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. And, uh, I didn't qualify as far as I remember. So, I mean. Yeah, but, those were the days. But, uh, I mean, I, I guess for you guys, it was the same as me. You just reach some score. And, uh, I mean, you are trying to reach a score which will qualify you for the World Cup. And then you just. You just try uh, to, <laughs> to to make those and uh, and qualify. And if there is some nasty, which happened to me actually, some nasty guys uh, were trying to beat you. I mean, I remember uh, this guy Korobov. I mean, so, some guys just don't care. They just play for for the title, like uh, Korobov. Okay, then back backfired for him. But Korobov could beat also me in once. the lead right now. He's he's timeless. Yeah. on top board against Ponomayev. He's not going to stop. He's going to play. Um, his style, I think. Yeah. So. No, it's a weird tournament because, as you said, half the field on plus four more or less stops playing and starts making draws to get to the World Cup where I don't know what the money is nowadays, but there you have a chance to make some decent money if you survive a round or two. Then that's usually the big big goal for, for the players. 
while then you have two or three or maybe some more people fighting for tournament victories. So it's always a bit of an uneven watch, but of course for players it's a big deal. Qualify for the World Cup, get maybe a match against a big name in the second round. And of course I'm rooting for the Svane brothers, both on three and a half out of four. Svane tech team doing well so far. Peter, what was your best World Cup? You made you made the quarterfinals, no? Uh, I think no. probably the last 16, but the fourth round. So you, yeah. Did you lose to Gashimov lost to, or did I you lost, beat Gashimov? Like, I lost to Gashimov. Uh, I beat Adams on the way, but I lost to Gashimov. Basically, he well, it's like I had a match with six games, but with no draws, which was sort of uh, somewhat atypical. But but I, I lost to him there. Yeah, yeah. And there, I mean, I qualified. Well, I didn't qualify from the European Championship. And those were the days where I was uh, not really hating on FIDE, but hating on the European Chess Union. Just, uh, led by Danilov. At so the was time. that, uh, did you switch from hating on the Danish Chess Federation to the ECU or was that simultaneously? And well, the Danish has like always been there in the mix, but, but basically, you know, I mean, probably, yeah, that, at that point it was uh, the European Chess Union. They had this tournament in, in France where they mm. made their most uh, absurd um, tiebreak system. And, uh, well, they have misunderstood the idea of what, what does performance rating mean. So um, I, I thought that I had qualified. Uh, it turned out I hadn't. Then I made a protest. And, uh, well, then I, loved, of course, turned it down. But uh, then the good guys in FIDE basically decided that um, I was right. So me and Parligras, we got a wild card to the World Cup. So uh, I owe everything, my, my career to FIDE. They gave me a, a, a wild card and uh, I qualified, as you said, for the, for the fourth round. Uh, Kobalia, Kobalia in his letter was talking about it, as far as I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a, a wild card from Kirsten. I remember driving in the Greek mountain on our way to um, uh, the Greek League when the suddenly there was an email from FIDE saying that you have been awarded a, a wild card because of... Well, they didn't explain why, but it was obvious it was due to the merits of the, the protest. I mean, I made a probably 10-page open letter you can find if you want to. Uh, probably you don't want <laughs> yeah, to. <laughs> I, can't, I can't wait to no. read your template open letter about the tiebreak system. <laughs> no, no, but it's a, it's a, it's a piece of no, it's not a piece of art. But uh, I mean, at least uh, there was a couple of mathematicians who wrote me and said that I was right. So uh, that made me a bit happier. But uh, anyway, that is my my past. But basically, you are right. There is not many, you know, federations I haven't had a fight with. But to be fair, I'm not alone. Um, <laughs> European Championship. <laughs> Yeah, that's, is there any chess to talk about? Kurobov, Ponomayov on the top board. A bunch of players on three and a half out of four. Kurobov and Ponomayov have four out of four. But yeah, that's, who's the top seed? There's not that many. I think no, so no there's there. no 2700. Yeah, and yeah, so exactly. The top seed is Sargisian, is 2688. But, but I think I you think described it, it well. It's a qualification event for the World Cup. And, uh, well, you can argue it's a pity. You can also argue it's a huge success. I mean, they have, uh, I think, plus 400 players uh, playing. Mm. I would argue that it's a bit of a pity that uh, to qualify, it becomes you have to make a huge score against lower-rated players rather than to do well against higher-rated players. But uh, so be it. And uh, I guess it's also kind of a way of making uh, uh, money for the European Chess Union. There's a lot of uh, income based on having so many players. So... Well, I think that's the realities in a way. But let's let's um, let's say that uh, twenty seven hundred players are not playing, but they will most likely qualify for yeah. the World Cup with their rating because there is a lot of players uh, qualified by ratings. I don't know how many exactly, but I guess if they don't play, 
uh, most of them uh, did check the regulations and uh, it used to be like that actually. Well, to say that part of it is that in normal tournaments, if you're 2700, you will get some conditions from the organizers. I mean, on a bad day, maybe hotel and traveling and, and sometimes a starting fee. At the European Championship, you just have uh, expenses. So, I mean, well, you talked about being number two, you got 4,000 euros, but well, your expenses will e easily be a couple of thousand euros already, right? So he's French, French Federation pays. Actually, actually, French Federation pays for, for the last 20 years. Yeah, Even though first to me, this mm -hmm. year I could go, I could go um, yeah. for free. I mean, like but, basically, yeah. they would cover all my expenses. But that's, again, then your social skills means you're on good terms with your federation for us. No, not, they not just do it by rating. Okay, and fair enough. And and uh, MVL are not really... Do you think so, if Peter was French, they would pay for him? Yeah. So what you're saying is that Coatli uh, was supporting your career at that time, yes? I, I don't think I played any... Okay. I, I played one, actually. Yeah, yeah. But it's not, it's not, I mean, you are, you are confusing. I mean, quietly, you, you, you get me excited by saying this name. It's, it, you are confusing. It's, it was not his money. It was the money from the Federation. Fair enough. But, uh, yeah, but also, I mean, I can only say the same as Jan. European Championship was very exciting as a player. Uh, really something yeah. I, I mean, it was the main event. I really wanted to qualify for the World Cup. But uh, as a spectator, well, I have seen some tweets from Ogo where he mentioned some things. And uh, at some point I realized that it was a Danish player, Jonas Bjerg, playing. Well, the Swana brothers as well, of course. And uh, I mean, but uh, no, I, I get the point. It's uh, it's hard to be very excited about because, uh, well, it lacks. I mean, when we sometimes are critical that the World Championship lacks the best player. I mean, European Championship lacks top 30 or top 20, I guess, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, as a player, it's completely different, which maybe also shows you how deep chess is. Because once you're up there on, let's say, plus three, you play a 2600 player every day. And I would guess it's the same in, in this field. So there you're under constant stress. You're playing a strong player and you have to prepare for them. So as a player, it feels like a very exciting tournament. But yeah, since we're so focused on the household names in chess, I mean, I'm assuming our... Our audience, if we read out the top boards, let's say. <coughs> Korobov, Ponomayov, Safarli, I'm not sure they know. Gelfand, they will know, of course. Mastro Vasilis, Sagisian, maybe. Petschak, Sarana, Brkic, Ceparinov, Bakro, Svane, Santos Latasa, Azarov, Levike, <coughs> Win, Nasuta, Abasov. I mean, these are all very strong players, but uh, I think, yeah, people stop knowing who they are. And frankly, so do, do I at some point now that we're no longer part of this scene fairly quickly. So chess is deep. There's a lot of players who are good at chess, spent a lot of time. And yeah, why is another question. <laughs> yeah, I agree. There's not much to say say from there, basically, because... Uh... No, but Magnus, I mean, let's come to, to the next topic. What's the next topic? Magnus! He played. He played Norwegian League against two of his closest friends, frenemies, <laughs> against Jon Ludwig Hammer and David Howell. Well, he didn't and play three games, actually. Yeah. I only saw two. He, he yeah. scored two and a half? Yeah, yeah, he scored two and a half. He won against uh, Talaxen on Friday. Oh, that but, I missed. But I think a different Talaxen than the one he drew last year. How many Talaxens can you have? Well, I don't know. There's Eirik? Yeah, I, I think there is. But you can check it. I think there is more. Yeah, uh, of course, the most 
the most exciting game was. Oh yeah, Geyersune Talax. Oh, Geyersune, I think, was the one he drew last year. Uh, That's the only Talaxon that comes up here. Hmm, okay. Fair enough. Well, it gives you a... Well, also, I mean, to be fair... Others. He, he told me on Skype two minutes before the game that he was playing, so we didn't have time to prepare that deeply for that one, I would say. But he got lucky, because as usual, you were working non-stop, thinking he was opening, so you were ready. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that... No, we spoke a little bit about what to do against Hammer the next day, and for Hammer, well, there was a bit of preparation. But, um, well, I'm also... Hammer is my opponent in the Fantasy League, so I, I helped Magnus with the prep for chess, but then I knew that Hammer was busy with chess, so I tried to make some... Well, you can make this kind of wild card in football where you change your whole team. So I tried to do this, and it failed spectacularly, but at least Magnus uh, won the game, right? But also, I think... Uh, well, Magnus actually asked me some late-minute advice to send me some files while I was at the golf course, but I managed to find some in the backup files on, on, on my phone, so I don't think he managed. I was golfing when I was uh, supposed to work, but uh, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> he must be so thrilled he, your priorities <laughs> yeah, are yeah, yeah, yeah. in order. <laughs> um, but yeah, was his last... Outing as official world champion. How do we know, by the way, he can't play anything during the match or he's not supposed to? Why Why did I read everywhere those were his last games? Well, there is no events that he's... Well, I mean, he might play some online event, but if we're talking about a, no, that we don't come here. a, a rated game, well, what should it be? I mean, he's not enlisted for any clubs. There, well, of course, he could play some tournament, but... Uh, yeah, I, doubt. No, I mean, I mean, after all the matches in one month, so... I mean, Reykjavik Open sounds more like his dad than him, right? So, uh, no, yeah. I don't know what That's he true. should be playing. No, I mean, the game against Hammer was... Uh, yeah, Hammer had no no, no problems whatsoever, but he played way too passive, and... Um, yeah, so he just... Uh, he's, let's say, Hammer was... Of course, uh, they played a lot when they were kids. He was the head coach before... In the first World Championship match, when when Peter didn't participate, so that was a, a funny game. Um, well, well, also, I mean, watch. I saw some was making fun. How could Hammer lose this position? But well, it was an ending with Knight versus Bishop. Yeah. Magnus has some pawn breaks. I thought he was the favorite to win it. To I'm losing that endgame to Magnus eighty percent of the I, time. Exactly. Like the position I, mean, I saw on Twitter, I thought yeah, that you you just lose. I mean, before I think Hammer took some timid decisions and he could yeah. yeah. Just uh, have a, have gotten a clearer situation, but that end game I was. I, 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 yeah, exactly. I thought that again. I mean, I understand it's a draw and equal, but of course you will be outmaneuvered uh, against uh, someone who is much better, right? So that. Well, while Howell, Howell, okay, the game against Howell had some hope at some point, but yeah, Howell did a great job uh, playing Fodo and uh, making it uh, basically from. I mean, he was clearly, clearly uh, trying, trying to make a door from the very first move. Why? Uh, he played e4 and the marshal <laughs> took the pawn? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what did he do wrong? Was a sharp position, no? Like. <laughs> no, but he tried to 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 enter this uh, this fourth line when you take the pawn. I don't think he was very ambitious for that game, but yeah. No, fair enough. I mean, it's not something you play for. But even that, I think it takes considerable skill, which Howell actually has to keep the position under control. It wasn't the most exciting, but you could no, also no, no, see no. Magnus getting a little something there. Yeah, of course, of course. No, it was not easy. He did very well, uh, actually. Uh, he got surprised, I guess, by, by Bishop B7 uh, in the early um, opening phase. But then he played... Uh, okay, he was in a little bit of trouble, but he managed to, 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 to keep uh, everything under control. 
Yeah. That game, if any of the listeners have seen it, it looks very boring, but I was actually fascinated by two decisions. I, I even ah. tweeted about one. Yeah. The one is, because it's a very standard sort of structure where it's equal, black is maybe borderline a little bit better, and both sides have dark squared bishops with a symmetrical pawn structure. And the first is black goes h6, which I would also do, but I would guess I haven't checked with an engine that engines want to go h5, and it felt like the default is h5 now, no? <laughs> I, I actually tweeted about it, but uh, uh, h5... Are you, you're on Twitter? You guys tweet all the time. Yeah? Please, follow, follow. Give me some follow. I mean, like, I'm ridiculous. I've less than 5,000. It's a shame. Um... I checked it with the computer and uh, you will be very surprised. After H6 is giving zeros and after H5 is giving zeros. Yeah, that's the problem. Everything's, uh, everything's equal. And yeah, the, the one I tweeted about actually is very similar because later there's a position black goes bishop e5 where white can play g3 or h3. And it's a decision I've I've never really understood. As a chicken, you often get these structures with symmetrical pawn, pawns and you want to make a luft for your king and your opponent has this dark square bishop. Do you go g3 or h3? I got a lot of replies. Uh, results were mixed most. I think beginners say h3, then intermediates players, they all say g3. And grandmasters, I had mixed feedback. Some Most, I think, said h3 is more natural here. Computer says both are zero zero. Like uh, I don't know. It's always been confusing. To me. Uh, for me, every day I play G three. I mean, I'm just stopping the, the backhand mate. H five, uh, and I would play H six uh, as well. But I know that H five would be <laughs> probably a better move. But G three is very obvious to me because it's um, you just stop the mate. I mean, H three. I don't see. But I'm afraid of H five, H four, H three, Queen F three. I'm worried. I was trying to troll you and suggest that queen b3 was the yeah. move, but I would argue that in this particular position, g3 has some value because after a move like queen b3, with the pawn on h3, there is rook b8, while with the pawn on g3, you can take the queen. But, um, yeah. Yeah, I thought queen b3 was a blunder on purpose because of rook b8, but you go back, so it's probably... Yeah, I go back. No, no, I thought that like uh, queen b3, rook b8, I go back. And if queen b3, you go queen e4, I go rook d1, and I try to swap as much as possible. But, I mean, I think there is more than one good answer. It's a problem. We are debating things, but there is no answer. They are both fine, and it's going to depend on circumstances. Yeah, no, I was just curious what people's yeah, yeah. default was, because I never had a default. Like, some people would just say, I go, I go g3 or I go h3, and it doesn't seem obvious. I recall I lost to Vichy once, a long time ago, in the Bundesliga. And I think I played h3 in a sort of similar position. And he told me in analysis, you should go g3. Um, but it wasn't wasn't exactly the same. But yeah, it's it's rough decisions. It, it, they both look ugly, I agree with you. I mean, it's, it's, I mean my, well, why do you have to do one of them? But you would like to, to do something, right? I mean, that's a bit of the problem. Anyway, Any, not the, anyway. Most, not the no. most exciting position to debate, but yeah. Not really. I'm always curious about this. Mm -hmm. We had better debate in the past. Bishop G5. <laughs> Bishop G5. <laughs> we should congratulate our boss or former boss, uh, depending on who we are. I mean, he actually won a, a team championship, right? It's, yeah, uh, that's oh. actually... I thought it was a bit rude from, from Tave to, to tweet it. No. Well, maybe he's won, technically speaking, the German championship before. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, but no, I think it's on the contrary. I mean... It's something he's worked hard for. He he created this chess club office bill, and now 
I mean, he's actually playing for them uh, regularly, right? It's something he he obviously wanted to and succeeded with. So I, I was trying to be sincere for change and uh, congratulate him. Congratulations! You might no longer be world champion, but being Norwegian team champion will surely um, sweeten that that pain a bit. On a serious note, though, Peter, that means you're you'll soon no longer be working for the world champion. Is that a weird feeling? Well, it has happened before, but generally speaking, yes, in a way that, uh, of course, uh, that's how you have tried to introduce yourself for a very long time, and that's not going to be realities anymore. I mean, well, I still work for Magnus, I'm still working for the best player in the world. It's not not that bad, but uh, I guess, yeah, you're right. Things are coming to an end, and you start, uh, while, well, we have spoken about it many times, we all knew that this was probably going to be Magnus's last match. Well, the realities are suddenly changing at least well you start to feel it that now there is two teams working hard somewhere and creating world championship repertoires and no, i think uh, it's just one team it's, it's ding somewhere with his laptop and then team nepomnish yeah maybe you're right that ding is sitting there with his uh, his quad quad core and uh, you know <laughs> che- che- checking out the marshal yeah uh, while uh, nepom has a, a team but well that of course feels weird it's been well it's been part of your identity at least for for, for me right so uh, well, what do you want me to say? I mean, if Ding, oh, if Ding, no, no, it was a genuine question for a change. Yeah, I mean, maybe, you know, when the match is over, it will, well, you will feel okay. That was, you know, you, maybe you find out you don't care. Also, Well, it's not exactly my decision, right? I mean, I'm an employee who, Magnus, who takes it. But of course... Uh, if Ding is listening, we should uh, send him a message. Jan and myself, we are available anytime <laughs> to go to Thailand for a month. He will receive incredible prep. Uh, we'll have... We can talk to you even. We'll be in an excellent in an excellent mood. So please. The sad thing is that I actually would recommend him to give you guys a call, but uh, yeah. I don't think we can mess things up very much. <laughs> we we might not be very helpful, but we'll no. we'll be there. Like uh, yeah, it, it can't can't hurt too much, Nick. Like I I was wondering, this might be a stretch, but can't hurt to ask if it's okay. If we're both appeals committee and team Ding <laughs> from <laughs> Thailand, I think it's more transparent. Yeah, I think so. So let's face it. I mean, if we are only appeals committee, of course we will hold any any problems in the favor of Ding. So uh, it's more transparent if we are team. Yeah, but if we're also on team Ding, we don't want to appear biased, so we might actually <laughs> take better decisions. Like that. Ah, that's true. Are you okay. actually trying to get into the appeals committee? I don't think that's going to happen. But uh, oh, yeah, No, but only if we can do it remotely from Thailand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but also, I mean, you are saying you're not going to mess up things, but that's actually an important quality. No, I mean, for sure. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm being very, very serious, you know, I mean. No, I was, I was serious too. And it's the, <laughs> the usual, you, you want the creative guys and the ideas, but you also want some sort of, yeah, yeah. Stability and you need some workhorses, no? And that's where Laurent and I come into yeah. play. If you can define working from 10 till 4 with an extended <laughs> lunch break as workhorses. Come on. I mean, Dink could have a repertoire. Uh, he could For have. Sure. He, he, I can fix his Marshall in two days, actually. Like, he has uh, glaring holes. It's very. He, he may also buy your chessable repertoire. <laughs> that would be It's been dated, but it will still help you, Dink. Yeah. <laughs> you, you will add some. We will add some. some one or two novelties, you know, a couple of yeah, novelties. Yeah, we Don't can tell things. No, yeah. I think some point I had to explain to Henrik, sort of, well, yes, I'm telling all these crappy things about Laurent's work, moral, etc., and so on, but 
I kind of trust him when it's very important to actually put up uh, a reliable uh, performance. And uh, that, these things matter. Thank you. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. kaying. Yeah, well, I'm, as, I'm, as clo- I'm, clo- I'm close to kaying. Uh, I, I won't kai because, but thank you, thank you, thank you. As thank kind you. as I'm gonna gonna be, but I mean, well, you need to have some kind of reliable. Well, I mean, that's what uh, we, actually we this is the only good thing. What, but you know, you are very persistent, consistent in telling me that. But in all those ten years, this is, I think, the, the main good thing you told about my job. That I was uh-huh. very reliable. You know that <laughs> yeah. you would call me in the evening. I would call you back in the mornings, and would. Work. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, but it's that good. M- matters to some. Yeah. T- I mean, yeah. you know, other persons might go on strike or different kind of things, right? Yeah, and that's that's, uh, that's insane. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, once the match is over, no, not before. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> yeah. No, but uh, no. So. Yeah, let's see. But I'm very curious about Ding's team. Also, normally you hear some kind of rumors, but I. I can only speak for myself, but I guess for you guys also, you're not that well connected in Chinese chess circles, right? So I can't talk no, too much. No, but neither is Ding. Yeah, okay. You think, you're actually serious, you think Ding is just going to do it on his own, yeah? No, but I don't think he's the type of person who will go out there. And I think yeah, if it was uh, non-Chinese, we might have heard some mumblings and I haven't heard, heard anything at all. Um, so... I don't know. It's it sounds so hard to believe because China's they've had this project for thirty years now to um, promote uh, let whatever we call it Western chess, and the goal has been also quite openly at some point to become classical world champion. Oh, and then when it's so close to see the guy going alone somewhere, I I don't know. I don't have insights there. I've heard these rumors that it was also a decision of the party at some point, how much chess should be funded. Of course, the travel restrictions with Corona and so on. I I don't know enough, but it feels very, very weird. And it feels very hard to believe that Ding is somewhere sitting, preparing, surrounded by by a good team. But maybe I'm just wrong. And maybe Wei Yi, Yu Yang Yi, whoever whoever is there are just uh, chipping away right now while they're in some Chinese spa. It would be extremely weird if not also. I mean... Well, China can collect all the free titles. I mean, they well, the women's titles would be there because there's only Chinese players left. They are reigning team world champions, right? So, I mean, it's uh, yeah, it's an incredible credible chance for them. It just feels uh, yeah, it's very puzzling to me. But again, it could also be just just we have zero clue, as you say that they no. Are but the- also, if we look at Ding's prep and Ding, <clears throat> big big fan. Uh, his prep is, is usually good. He has some ideas with white, but for the candidates, especially with black, even with our amount of knowledge, I thought he had some holes like twice in a row, which really, if he had a team or some people fixing it, I mean, shouldn't shouldn't be the case. So I think Ding has mainly been been working by himself, and I think he works works a lot, but it really never looked like he had the, he had the infrastructure and for the... For the candidates, if there was support, there would also be, I don't know, I'm assuming money. So, yeah, I'm a bit puzzled by it. And it's even more amazing in a way that he got to number two in the world at this, this level. Yes. Yeah. We had a camp. We remember, Peter. I know, yeah? I know. We, we had a camp in 2015. It was not... Yeah. Well, it was s- good. But also he gave this, this mixed impression of yeah. uh, being knowledgeable somewhere, being incredibly... Well, I don't know, naive is too insulting, but uh, in, in, in other areas of theory, I mean, it's some years back, so but yeah. still. But, but still, yeah. But still, yeah, naive is a big word, but sometimes it feels that way. You know, sometimes yeah. he's deep in some random stuff, and mm-hmm. sometimes it feels like there's some 
stuff we all suppose is common knowledge that uh, he doesn't have, which... <laughs> yeah, it's like maybe a bit out of the loop that, I mean, there is secrets we all know, but somehow he's he's disconnected from these things. Do you think he was impressed by us? I think us, us no, some of us yes, right? No, I mean, but uh, no, I, I think he was mainly... I guess it was a weird experience for him. He probably got injured in sports and... Uh, As a very first day, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, is always... I, mean, uh... I don't <laughs> think our work discipline impressed him massively, but <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, you know. Yeah, it was pretty friendly, Cam. I, I yeah, enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, but, me too. Uh, of course, it was... Uh, I mean, I, I, well, we, well, in general, we should interview people who's been on Magnus Camps uh, for, for a documentary and get their impressions, but they're, they're typically going to have weird, weird impressions for people. <laughs> yeah, best I guess. would think so. And, uh, and, uh, and Ding, ding, uh, ding <laughs> being one, one of them. I have made the point before. I mean, well, sometimes I do it just to annoy Anish, but uh, I also genuinely mean it that for these kind of big events like candidates of world championship matches, ha being a player who doesn't have good opening preparations is some kind of advantage because for this match, you will actually get it anyway. And then you will sort of, uh, while, you know, others will dominate by having it generally. So so maybe Ding will just going to for this event actually gonna come out well prepared. I don't think so, but... Could be, but I think it's also a process, especially nowadays yeah. where everything is zero-zero. It's much more about yeah. overview and uh, having checked fields in the past and so on. I'm not sure it can be done even if you work perfectly for... Yeah, I think it's... For in two, three months? I think Kawana actually is proving your, your point uh, wrong, uh, Peter, with all due respect, I'm sorry, but he's always very, very well prepared. And in the last candidates or, or before... He was showing the best prep uh, mm -hmm. with the best uh, ideas and, uh, uh, well, very, very tricky. Yeah, very tricky no, stuff, so. I mean, I also think that this is the Achilles heel of uh, of Ding and that uh, Nepom Nyatshi will manage to hit him with some kind of, uh, you know, um, well, we call them free rolls or stuff like this, right? And uh, he will he will end up having to solve uh, way too many things at the board that uh, Nepom knows about. But uh, I don't know. I mean, we, we, we will see. We could also all be very wrong. And the good news is with black, if you play any normal opening, whatever, <laughs> or any solid opening, let's say Berlin, Marshall, Petrov, of course, Ding has been a Marshall guy. Computers are so strong that, yeah, if you just click the first line everywhere for, for two weeks, it's not so easy to get hit too much. No. But of course, it's, no. uh, it could happen. No, it could also just be an illusion and we'll, it will sound strange afterwards in a way. So... I don't know. We will see. You just play the Marshall as Jan. Yeah, but uh, some people, they play the Italian. Uh, hookie 8. Edge, oh, anyway, you do just hook like Magnus. Hookie 8. Hookie 8, H6, push with 8, D6, push with 6. Then you're okay. Make three more precise moves. <laughs> <laughs> Summary. Put pawn E5, Knight C6, push with 7, castle. Go D6, rookie 8, H6, push with 8, push with 6. Make draw. <laughs> ah, make do. If the guy is uh, not uh, committing suicide, he won one game. As black. Yeah, he beat Vichy like that as well. He beat, he beat uh, Nepo in the Italian, no? True, true. Yeah, but then the bishop went to a7. That was a bit uh, yeah. out of character. You remember when we were in that bar in... Uh, it was the night where we were in the bar uh, in Thailand watching the, the final moves. Ah, uh, no, I guess I wasn't there. I was probably in the hotel working. <laughs> he was there, he was there. <laughs> I actually texted you to come. <laughs> yeah. Jordan was half there. <laughs> Jordan was half there, yeah. <laughs> You're trying to tell me you started drinking while the game match was in progress, right? Yeah. No, while the last um, game. Yes, yes. He was, he was yeah. on plus five. 
So we thought. No. Ah, you mean on the computer? Yeah. On the yeah, computer yeah. and press yeah. and press three on the match. Actually, there were some anxious moments because so. it was like yeah, plus five on the computer, but then he made some non-computer moves and it dropped to like plus one or whatever. Yeah, and the Jan started to panic immediately. I was I was full of panic. <laughs> I was very annoyed by everybody else celebrating. Well, but that you that computer. you guys started drinking is one thing, but that I started drinking. Which I actually did. I went to the Play Mountain's lunch and had a beer. That probably gives oh. away that it seemed rather safe. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, okay. Especially, I mean, even if. No, he's but the point is, not this, for this match, this last week was very strange. I think yeah. both teams just saw it as over, but somehow, you know, uh, well, you can't really just put up a white flag, right? So you have to have to get it uh, get it mm-hmm. done with. But we'll see. Yeah, I agree. Laura, at some point, we have to do. I don't know the the <laughs> script for for that one night we're not telling Peter about. I mean, it's it's so much better than because we both behave. Actually, we, we both behave the best. We're yeah? the good guys. We yeah. can just be the narrators. <laughs> Everybody else was great. And we are actually the only two to to remember it. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 good as well. So we can we the, can uh, tell the adults in the room. Our truth. <laughs> this is even better. You know, there's. Um, the, the, the friendship between uh, all friendship between France and Germany, which will ally to to tell that story. Maybe yeah, that could yeah. be a Patreon thing, actually. And, and maybe we can make Peter pay for the Patreon, actually, <laughs> to, to to listen to the story. That would be amazing, actually. If it was a movie, who would uh, who would play us? Like we we need us, we need uh, Daniel Duboff, we need Jorn <laughs> van Forest, we need Peter. Um, Sitting somewhere alone in a hotel room, like texting us, um, who would be who would be the actors? No, that's that's a tough question. I don't know actors. Unfortunately. Y- you 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 will find a French one for for me. Yeah, Gérard Depardieu. <laughs> yeah, we are looking very very similar. So that's that's excellent. Hmm. We can think about it. But yeah, it's gonna be tough because. There aren't any actors as handsome as Jorn. He maybe has to play himself. About to suggest Max von Sydow for me, but he's dead, so it doesn't really work. Um, no, that could work. Yeah. <laughs> so, no. I don't think there's going to be like a Moneyball movie of uh, our matches, I'm afraid. No, no, no. I wouldn't think of it as a Moneyball movie. But, yeah. <laughs> oh, maybe. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay, that's what you're More saying. of a hangover too, but more. Yeah, yeah. That could could, could. More realistic. Um, no. Okay. Should we actually move Before. on? Before we get into trouble, let's have Laurent tell us all about the Pro Chess League. Laurent, how are the Gotham Knights doing? Are they beating beating the Indian kids? Uh, what's happening? Not there? yet, not yet. No, the Gotham Knights are, have this ability to win the matches before playing the... Uh, you are normally... Uh, there's 16 games, so you play... Uh, it's four against four, and you play all of your... Um, all your... Um, all the, the opponents' uh, players, but uh, they, ch- they normally win in uh, in twelve games. It's already a couple of matches, so they are already qualified uh, for the next step. The final eight will will be the most exciting. And these Indian kids are also qualified. These Indian yogis are so qualified. Um, so this is a good system, you know. Uh, when there is five weeks, and if you get three wins, then you just you are just in because top eight will qualify and then the rest is playing. So if you are like, if you have a massive uh, score and you are sure to qualify, you don't play anymore because that would be, that would make it um, wrong from a sportive point of view. So these Gotham Knights are very good with with Naka. Uh, sometimes they play on board two with Lequang, sometimes with Fedoseyev. They have uh, 
girl, uh, they have a very strong woman. I can't uh, remember. Kashinskaya was the last time, and they have some under 80, 2400. So that's the best, actually. You need two very strong players over 2700. I think that's the best uh, you can get. You need some, some young guy with 2400, but uh, very good in, in RPHS, and some strong uh, woman and master. That's a good recipe. So we'll find out more. We'll qualify, and then the, the final eight will be, I guess, very exciting. Magnus is doing well with his team. He has, he has two out of three, so they should qualify as well. So all the top guys will be there, I guess. That's it. Sounds great. No update for next week because I'm not uh, commentating this week. I'll comment on it. Okay. Well, well, still sounds like there is some work left to do for Magnus' team to qualify. Right? They need one out of two. They, they yeah, have yeah. two two shots uh, <laughs> to to get to the to the playoffs, so they should manage. Moving on uh, in an abrupt change of topics here, Vladimir Kramnik, the world champion from 2000 until 2007. And Peter, I think I speak for both of us probably when I say a bit of a childhood hero of ours. No, maybe not childhood, but in the 90s, I was uh, I was all over. Kramnik stylistically, he heavily. I, I even named. Uh, I had a cat named after him. I was a huge fan. And yeah, Kramnik was uh, was. I think sent an email by German journalist, right? Was it Martin Bräutigam? Yeah, asking him some questions, and he gave a statement. He's no longer on Twitter. Um, if you can look it up, he had he had a good run on on Twitter, but he's no longer. There, and the problem is, he was asked about his position on the Russian war against Ukraine. The problem is, he uh, demanded in his answer that his reply shall not be shortened, but only given in full. So I think I have no other choice than reading it out in full, and then you guys can weigh in. So question two, this is from chessbase.com. Question two. If I haven't missed it, you have not yet taken a public position on the Russian war against Ukraine. In contrast to some of your colleagues, why haven't you formulated a position yet? Kramnik, I do not use social networks. I am not used to making public statements in general. And in fact, you are the first journalist to ask me this question. If you want to know my thoughts on this, I can describe them here. I'm against all wars a priori, without exception, but I do not see much point in publicly ex expressing this obvious idea, except to seek public applause. Unfortunately, I can see that, contrary to the words, in reality, very few politicians or public figures make real efforts to stop it somehow. On the contrary, in my opinion, these statements often just add fuel to the fire, provoking even more confrontation and hatred between people. There's a lot of demagogy and right words in the media these days, but I prefer to try to help some people who need help in these difficult times, no matter what nationality they are. And hope that everyone will finally start discussing what can be done practically to find ways to stop the war. I strongly suspect that many, of course, don't get me wrong, there are enough sincere people, but still a minority, public activists are actually just using this dramatic situation for their own self-pride mainly to feel on the right side and to be liked by the public, because few of them go further than words, or think deeply about the possible consequences of their proposals made out of their morally justified anger. 
Another thing that makes me think this way is that somehow I haven't heard most of them before expressing concern about the hundreds of thousands of victims during recent major wars such as Iraq, Syria, to just name a few. And some had even publicly supported these wars. Sorry, but I don't believe in selective humanism. I am of half Russian and half Ukrainian origin, have relatives and friends in both countries whom I try to help as much as I can and this is very personal for me. I believe that the real agenda now is to concentrate on finding ways to stop this war rather than witch hunting. And I don't believe for a second that there is no way to do that. As the old saying goes, if you really want something, you find ways. Otherwise, you try to find excuses. I have no desire to take part in what has long become, in my opinion, a vanity fair. Many people have already been publicly applauded for the statements, but that hasn't improved the situation. The confrontation is still going on, and unfortunately, it is getting worse. With the possible consequences of a global World War III, we are slowly but surely heading towards under this chorus of self-proclaimed fighters for good. So what is the point of all these declarations? To create a nice self-image? To feel like a good person? I leave it to all those interested to play this game. Not my cup of tea, sorry. I will express my views on this tragic situation when I decide to do so, but only after this empty vanity fair and witch hunt, which I must admit makes me quite angry, has ended. This is my main human position. And those who, for some unknown reason, have decided to give themselves the right to judge and condemn anyone who dares to stay out of the chorus of empty speeches may continue to enjoy their moral superiority, but I reserve for myself the right to do and say what is in accordance with my inner human values. I do not believe, for the reasons mentioned above and because of the base of basic human and democratic principles, which I believe are still valid in any situation, that anyone has the moral or any other right to impose an obligation on me or anyone else to say something when and what they prefer. For now, I will continue to do something as much as I can and let the talkers talk and be proud of themselves. I did not mean to offend anyone in particular, but I hope my position is now clear. Best regards, Vladimir. I didn't mean to offend anyone in particular except Guy Kasparov. Okay, after you read, I think the, um, the Fide segment will feel very, very entertaining. That's all what I have to say about that. Peter, any thoughts? Yeah, there is a lot. Um, is there? No, I mean, well, there's a lot of things to, to say, but I, again, well, it's a long talk, but if I have to give a summary of it, it becomes difficult for, for me, I have to admit, because there is not um, particular substance. You can, if anything, you can wonder who is it that he's uh, hinting at or... I mean, in criticism, uh, I would say. Um, and, uh, well, also, well, it's like he doesn't reflect the slightest upon he, his own sort of uh, ties to, to, to some of these things, for instance, and that he has been, you know, living from the, the, the Russian system to a certain extent and that he has very close ties to some of these people. But uh, How I don't do know. you know? Are, are you sure about this? Well, he isn't, wasn't he the... The leader of chess things at the Sirius Center, uh, owned by Timchenko, and I think also, well, hasn't he been rather close to Timchenko? That was my impression. Using his private planes, this kind of stuff. Um, again, I don't know. I don't have particular documentation for that, but I, I thought he was known to be the, the sort of connected to the chess center in, in, in the Sochi thing. Okay, he's living. He was living in France, that's for sure. Now he's living in Switzerland. Yeah. So yeah, you can. I don't think but, he, would, he received so much support from, from, from Russia. But maybe it's from individuals, it's very possible. Uh, that I don't know, but... Um, uh, no, I mean, 
Well, what do you want me to to say, Jan? It's it's difficult to comment on, basically. No, well, yeah, well, whatever you want to uh, just <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> P- no. Pointed out, yeah, for me. I don't know. Uh, already his Twitter career was uh, was surprising to me. And this, this guy is also a bit surprising. Uh, he says with, I hope my position is now clear. It wasn't, yeah. wasn't completely clear. And yeah, I can't. I can't speculate about what he he means by this or if he was just asked the question and thought he should reply with yeah a rant about people um craving craving attention for being on, on the right side but yeah, it was a was a confusing statement yeah to, to me I, I saw someone mentioning that it was to some extent targeted against me that I think is complete uh, nonsense I don't know if it could be in reaction to Kostenyuk's statement and uh, leaving, but I doubt that to some extent as well. But no, but it's, I mean against Kasparov, for instance. I mean, you can you can see Kasparov. I, I really don't think it's against one person. Like no, it's but a, also a common notion, which yeah, um, I sometimes even understand, even though I'm not on that side at all, that people get annoyed with the virtual signaling and uh, everybody being being righteous. On Twitter, when you're not sure if they're behind a cause or if they're in it for the likes or to seem nice, like I find it cynical to do this about the uh, Ukraine situation, which once again, this is just to me, is just yeah, very black and white. There's an aggressor uh, and the victim, but I would. It sounds to me like in general he's a bit unhappy with the social media. Attention game, but it's very hard to read into it. It's uh, it's a mm-hmm. lot of words, and yeah, I was uh, genuinely mainly confused. No, of course, uh, Laurent mentions Kasparov, which is his. Uh, I mean, like you, rival for a long time. You can read everything. You can read. You can put Kasparov, the name of Kasparov, and you, it fits. But it's just one of. But Kasparov, I, I don't know, but I don't think you can accuse him of just being a talker and not a doer. No, no? so I, to, to Ka- me that's Ka- Kasparov has been a. a, a, a along on this case for so long that you cannot, I mean, you cannot criticize him for doing this for the popularity. I mean, many others uh, has jumped into this uh, late. Kasparov has been going on for this at least uh, since 2014, if not, uh, I would assume earlier. Yeah, right? of so, course. Anyway. I mean, that that would uh, miss it completely. I mean, Kasparov did it before it was, uh, no, not not cool, but sort of, uh, it's not the right word. But uh, I mean, this is, uh, I mean, he was extremely early on this. So, no, I, I'm... I don't know what what to say about this crime thing. It's uh, it's weird, but of course it's also. I mean, well, I don't know if. I mean, Kramnik has been po put in to to that extent. He has uh, said, I think, well, not not in in about the the war, but uh, sort of. Well, he's taking pictures with him and such, and I think also there was some tweets, but I have difficulties uh, remember them, them 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 fully, to be honest. Yeah, it would be interesting to see yeah. where he stands on Twitter. He. I recall he also, I'm not misquoting this, but he was sure that the election was stolen from Trump. So, yes, um, mm-hmm. some hot takes. <clears throat> yeah. Kasparov said, I don't think in reply, but I saw it on your Twitter. I made the mistake to go to your Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, mean, you liked one of my tweets. I'm very honored. It's, uh... But I think I like Gary's tweet. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Maybe. But maybe I liked your retweet or something. Yeah, yeah. He said, no, I don't like... No, I don't like war garbage. Russian athletes are representatives of the regime with war crimes committed in their name or they're against it. 
they recognize Ukrainian sovereignty or they don't, no more having it both ways with Western money but supporting Putin. Yeah, but that was not in reply, right? No, no, no. Kasparov's tweet is from, uh, I think, April. I mean, this has been Kasparov's general point, uh, which I fully agree to that. I mean, well, this idea of stating that you are against a war, it becomes, uh, well, it's very insufficient and it's very imprecise. I mean, Kasparov, uh, well, it becomes these things about neutral athletes. Now, of course, I'm getting my feet a segment. Uh, yeah, 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 but, exactly. Uh, yeah, but, you, can, you can have your... You're saying in a minute, but yeah. Well, um, I'm just trying to loyally describe what Kasparov was saying then. That Well, Kasparov is clearly saying that there is uh, there is no middle way that, uh, well, either you accept uh, Ukraine territorial sovereignty or you don't. You cannot say that uh, I'm against the war. I mean, that's, that's too general a statement. You have to, well, make a, a specific point. And, and Kasparov, well, Kasparov is part of this... Uh, I've forgotten the name, but some kind of, uh, well, Russian exile thing where they are, well, fighting hard for, I mean, they wanted to have a pledge. Like, for instance, the Belarusian athletes had a very strong pledge where they sort of distanced themselves for the, from the Lukashenko's leaderships. While, for instance, uh, well, the, the Russian chess players was uh, more anti-war and, and this is wrong. And Kasparov was pushing for that, well, if you want to have athletes participating, they have to make a stand, not just to be neutral. And that's basically what he's saying here, that this idea that you are against war, well, we are all against war. You can say the same with, well, Dvorkovich also has some anti-war statements, and Kasparov, he wants to say that, um, well, that is not so sufficient. You can agree with that or not, but that's uh, how I understand Kasparov's uh, point of view, which I agree to, by the way, but no surprise. So, but, I mean, this thing with Kasparov was from long ago, so it's absolutely nothing to do with Kramnik's statement, just... Uh, well, I think also, well, Kasparov understands very well that um, the Russian athletes is, is uh, pushed from both sides, right? And uh, he's trying to push them to actually say something meaningful, not just to say that we are against all wars, like, like Kramnik says, right? So there is some game, game going on there, as far as I understand it. Yeah, okay, it's uh, also a debate we've had here plenty. I agree that uh, I'm against all wars has sort of yeah become a bit of, um, code, uh, it feels like sometimes to, I don't want to openly or at all criticize the, the Russian invasion. Um, the, the moral question, if you're born in Russia, living in Russia, have family there, what statements you can expect people to make at the risk of whatever consequences they or their families might face and if they have the resources to leave the country, if they want to, and so on. To me, it's not so easy, which is why I'm never fully on board when Peter makes these things sound very clear. And yeah, we've talked about this before. I wrestle with that question. I don't have a good answer. But yeah, I agree. I think generally on the I'm against all all war points, which is a pretty obvious point to make. Or <clears throat> feels a bit like it. Anyway, this is your fun little chess podcast where we talk about the week in chess and about how to make a draw with the white pieces. So let's move on. I have been looking forward to talking at chess and some Olympic esports. So should we include this, or you're trying to skip it? No, we can we can do that. I am badly prepared as usual. What are the other Olympic esports? There were some random things, no? <laughs> well, for instance, there is baseball. I mean, that's. Uh, I mean, I think it's called uh, MLB Power Smash Bros. So it basically, it's like a, 
a retro game that uh, I used to play on Wii. I was incredibly bad at it, uh, but basically you can download it for 0.99 euros on your on your PlayStation if you have one, and then basically you participate in the competition and you can qualify for like that. But I mean, well, it, becomes, it has absolutely nothing to do with baseball. It's just well, the game is, but it's a it's just a small computer game that you are playing. Did I you play the, the golf? We? There is no golf, unfortunately, oh, no. no shame. No. But there is, uh, the other game I have played is Just Dance, and I'm not going to send you a video of me playing that, but... Uh, oh, please do, I need one more video for my, Yeah, I know you do, my but uh, that is not going to happen, but it's basically, uh, it's also for PlayStation and Wii, it's a, it's a dance game, but I think there, the idea is they're going to invite 16 famous dancers who will then sort of do the Just Dance game on the computer there, and... Uh, well, I think they have sailing, they have cycling, and uh, different kind of games where they basically have computer games. Um, yeah, Gran Turismo. Uh, yeah, exactly. Gran Turismo is probably one of the more well. That's the more serious one. That's actually a very brand game, right? Uh, or yeah, I think Gran Turismo and Just Dance are the big ones. Not counting chess, the other games. Frankly, I'd never heard of like Tic Tac Bow and no, baseball Swift. Virtual Regatta, Virtual Taekwondo, Tennis Clash. I'm not sure <laughs> how they they showed up there. No, I mean, I, I will try to make everything into a feeder segment. So, of course, uh, I mean, the argument should be is, well, chess is actually doing it for real while everyone else is doing it for, for fun. But on the other hand, maybe it's a cool stage. I don't know. But also... I don't think it's for fun. It's esports. I just uh, don't know if these games are... Yeah, but are the point is that I don't think these games are big esports games. I mean... Yeah, yeah, that's also what I'm saying. Yeah, that's maybe that we're a bit in the wrong crowd. That here it's a bit more, you know, uh, for fun. While esports is incredibly big, just not these games is my impression. I mean, I assume esports is things like, I don't know, Counter-Strike or whatever... <laughs> Counter-Strike. And how does that work? When does it take place? This I think that the qualifier is is on chess.com at some point. So And nothing is mentioned about prices except for you get a trip to, to Singapore, right? So uh, maybe it's your chance, Loang, if you want to... I mean, I mean, imagine being both mind sport and oh. eSports champion. But, but what, what do you mean? You mean in chess or in Just Dance? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is true. This is more, 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 more from Thailand to come. But also... <laughs> I think Just Dance you cannot qualify for, to because they just take brand names. and No disrespect, but I don't think Lorraine is that league. The qualified uh, esport athletes will move on to the in-person finals set to take place at Singapore Suntech Center from June 22 mm -hmm. to 25. Yeah. Oh boy. I'm a bit puzzled how strong the chess players will be because, um, I mean, chess players generally have quite some, some something on offer, but maybe it's, a, it's an interesting stage to compete. Chess at players like money, so I guess it depends on the price fund. No. <laughs> yeah, nothing is mentioned about these things. Maybe chess.com. I mean, maybe it's up to chess.com if they want to make it uh, popular or not. I mean, I, I doubt we will see Magnus and Naka there, but I have no clue. But uh, of course, it could be interesting. Or it could be just a, a non-event. I don't know. Also, this is somewhat under the Olympic umbrella as far as I understand, right? Um, and my feeling is that the IOC is generally not very strong in esports, so maybe they're trying to to actually create something thing there with their with their brand. I thought Thomas Bach was a big Counter Strike player. <laughs> maybe, yeah, yeah. No, you're just being sarcastic. I can feel. So, <clears throat> uh, anyway, maybe enough about this indeed very interesting uh, topic. Yeah. What other topics do we have on our list? Alejandro Ramirez resigned from the San Luis chess club and that also means giving up his position as the head coach of the university there 
So yeah, I guess that was expected no matter what the outcome yeah. of the investigations clearly. Yeah, I guess in, in US yeah. you cannot uh, stay. At, at least in, in Europe you can, if you're under an investi uh, investigation, I mean, it's possible, but I mean, in the in US, the pressure is too, too strong, no? Especially in, in such a case, yeah. I guess. I mean, <clears throat> it's not a French politician <laughs> taking taking some money or cheating on his wife, no? Like, I mean, no, but I mean, if there is... Uh, if there is minors involved, I, I don't think that they would just continue everything until the, the case has finished. I mean, they will be taking some precautions before that also in Europe, is my impression. Uh, yeah. Other so, than that, yeah. I don't no think we news. have much, we don't there, have much yeah, to Yeah, I heard mumblings, there are bigger stories in the works, but I haven't seen any of them, so mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, we'll see what, what comes there. Welcome back everybody with an update to the Chicken Chess Club episode 45. My name is Jan Gustafsson. Just at the time we had stopped recording our regular episode, the article by the Wall Street Journal about Alejandro Ramirez hit, which brings a lot more specifics and information on the case and frankly it's all absolutely horrifying i'm not quite sure how to talk about it but i felt we had to address the issue because we briefly sp spoke about it on the podcast we recorded earlier i'm here with laurent fresnet and peter nielsen guys did you read the article yes uh, yes for uh, sure i i read it and um, i mean there is a lot of details and uh, a lot of very strong uh, and numerous uh, accusations, right? So I think, um, well, we're looking into something incredibly uh, serious here. I guess we, we knew that uh, even before, but uh, still, I think it's something that seems to have, um, I mean, shocked the chess world to an even bigger extent than we, we expected, and, and rightly so. Yeah, because when Jennifer Shahadi... <coughs> who yeah, broke the, the story, I don't know when it was, like a month ago with the tweet. She, she also mentioned there were others involved, but I heard especially in back rooms because she used the wording that she was assaulted twice. People were saying, yeah, well, what does assaulted mean? And so on. Um, but now with 10 more women coming forward and some incredibly graphic descriptions how... Yeah, he asked a 15-year-old, I hope I'm <clears throat> yeah. getting this yeah. right, a 15-year-old to bring him toothpaste to his his room. And, and then, I guess we got to use allegedly, allegedly pushed her on a counter and tried to kiss her. There's another report where allegedly a 16-year-old, he was giving vodka and then lured her back to his room tried to have sex with her and asked her to perform oral sex. It's, uh, yeah, it's all incredibly disturbing. Also knowing that he's been in charge of training young women and being the coach of the U.S. national team, the women's national team for a long, long time. And I think he's been in that role for a long, long time. I don't quite recall, but I think I've seen him in Tromso 20. 12 as the team captain or um, Tom so was 2014 but 2014 yeah, so yeah it's 
long long time ago. And yeah, I, I think sh maybe I don't know. Uh, Jennifer um, didn't expect uh, that so many victims would uh, hide to her. So I don't know, but it's so it means that it's so important to to speak up when the, the first one uh, spoke up as Jennifer did. And uh, I guess it's really not easy. Um, then, so we, we, I mean, we have, maybe there's not everything there, or, but already, I mean, it's just absolutely horrible. So, yeah, um, um, I mean, it's for the victims, it's very difficult, of course, to speak up, but it's, uh, it's really, uh, it's really very, very useful. But I, I will also contradict you a little bit because I think, uh, well, some are saying that, well, people spoke up internally and there is also, I think, a, a relevant debate of systemic failure here that uh, nothing was done despite uh, internal uh, sort of uh, warnings, if I understand the, the text correctly. Yeah, it's hard to judge if you as chess Federation knew and what they knew if they did of course it's a very very strange look to send him as the women's team captain to last year's olympiad in chennai 2022 yeah as for the the speaking up yeah shout out to jen who i think she mentioned herself she was ready to move on but also felt that she needed to do it in order yet yeah, because there was present danger to minors and yeah if these uh, <clears throat> these allegations and there are so many and uh, i've implied it on the port earlier that i had heard some backroom stories as well but by now if they turn out to be true i mean this is yeah serial predatorial behavior and incredibly incredibly scary i don't even want to think about if 10 women have come forward how many there Oh, there the, are total like I mean, I mean the, the the singular incidents are are pretty horrifying in itself, but also the the volume is is, is shocking uh, as well. I mean, uh, there is so many directions that this is uh, shocking. And I think, uh, yeah, and uh, I think the last sentence of the, of the article is um, when the woman no longer a competitive chess player had uh, Miss uh, Shade's uh, Shashade uh, post last month. She made, she messaged her within five minutes, so it's just show how important it was to uh, to speak up and, and, and this tweet. Uh, and I guess she did a lot um, before. And of course, we are a small world uh, and it's obvious that some people knew. And uh, not only the US Chess Federation or, or the San Luis Chess Club, but this has to be clarified as well because uh, it's a shame um, if some people knew and didn't say anything. So uh, that has to be clarified, and I guess it will be. Yeah, it's, uh, it's frankly mind-blowing. And as I said, we, we are a very small world, which yeah make, makes me surprised, frankly, that I literally had not heard anything before this, this gen tweet clearly other other people have but it seems like yeah this has been going on to to an incredible incredible extent and it's yeah it's just shocking to get the move order correctly i thought that jen tweeted 
at some point when there was already police investigations, uh, or am I wrong about that? I'm also not sure, but I think Greg, her brother Greg Shahadi, he um, informed St. Louis Chess Club and U.S. Chess in 2021, and Jen spoke with U.S. Chess officials in 2020. Yeah. But I'm not sure if there were police investigations. Uh, I I don't know what authorities were. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, but to, I mean, whatever. It's just insane to to send him to send him to to Chennai with the women's team, and also to keep uh, his job at the university. I mean, just uh, well, I mean, just just insane decision. Yeah, that's what I say. That there seems to be indication of systemic failure. That uh, how this has been been dealt with. I mean, also, it's by, as far as I understand, by any kind of comparison, the biggest, uh, I don't know if this is me too, but uh, this kind of uh, well case, uh, I have no recollection of anything moderately close to Close, it. yeah. That is, that is known. No, it also makes you wonder, of course, because we as middle-aged white men, I think we might have sometimes have this tendency, or I can only speak for myself, saying, Okay, the chess world is is not so bad, and uh, everything is more or less fine. There are weird people everywhere, but if something can happen like that on such a scale for I don't know more than a decade without yeah us knowing or the chess world reacting in any case, it shows yeah that oof, <clears throat> the the extent of this is is hard to hard to even imagine. I honestly, uh, as you, I didn't, I was wrong. I mean, like, I couldn't imagine something like that could, could happen. That was a bit, uh, a bit naive. And yeah, that's incredibly shocking and, and saddening. Yeah, I agree. For right now, I think it's mainly, I mean, we, we knew there was, uh, there was something, something to it for a while now, but when you see these stories written out, it adds in a whole other dimension in 15 and and 16 year olds. It's yeah, just incredibly disturbing also that this could go on for so long. And I can't say I knew Alejandro well, but someone that's to some extent been in our lives. No, we worked for Magnus during this uh, world championship match. He was on the other team in 2018 and yeah he was a guy you would run into and say say hi he was uh, he was friendly and yeah it's just a popular interviewer in the sang us chess club doing uh, uh, widely praised for his interviews uh, during uh, the magnus and then neiman tournament recently in st louis and such right so he's uh, i mean a high profile uh, member of the chess community by by all means yeah, he I also can't. the highest paid employee of the St. Louis chess club there. Honestly, I I, I went to St. Louis and I, I we spent uh, one evening playing bug house with uh, Fabi and him and uh, someone else. But uh, yeah, it was yeah nothing. Of course, it's always the same. Yeah, you cannot uh, guess uh, uh, this kind of behavior if you don't see him in action because they are good at hiding. So, I, I think I mentioned on the podcast that I heard about rumors. Uh, I cannot pinpoint exactly when, but I, well, after I was in St. Louis, but uh, probably end end of last year's, but not by the severity that's uh, that's mentioned uh, here. That was not the impression I got from what I heard. I heard that well, it was uh, bad, but not to to this uh, 
shocking extent. The world is so messed up. I read this Harvey Weinstein book and how long that guy could keep doing what he was doing, of course, yeah. <laughs> With also different uh, <laughs> different money behind it or these alleged reports. So you hear so many stories about uh, churches and priests, even in Germany, where this uh, allegedly goes on for, for so long. It's, yeah, it's just so disturbing to think that uh, teenage girls are being warned even there try not to be alone with uh, with Alejandro and uh, this, this happened I mean it's yeah well, I don't know I don't have anything smart to say no. it's uh, it's just shocking no it's a, I mean it's a I mean well coach uh, relationship for for young young players it's as unacceptable as it gets so, yeah I don't have words for it so what happens uh, now I, I don't know the The legal stuff, is this up to U.S. chess and the St. Louis chess club? Do authorities get get involved? Like, they have to at some point, right? This is not a matter of chess federations. I, I don't know how it works. If actually a, a, a victim has to, to, to take the case or they have to bring it up by, by, them, by themselves. Uh, I... I I didn't see it in this article. I thought earlier it was mentioned that the authorities uh, was involved in, in that way. But of course, uh, I mean, well, both the St. Louis and U.S. will, of course, also have to react both to, well, critique about their role, but also if it thinks that has happened under their responsibility. One would expect them to 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 act in several ways. Especially, no, so they, they got uh, some some information apparently. About it, and they didn't do anything. So I guess I hope uh, they will be. Uh, they will have to to give explanations, and um, if they misbehaved, uh, yeah, didn't protect. Uh, I mean, also the, 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 the young girls, and uh, they should. Uh, I think be that, uh, for that. I mean, I think uh, Alejandro has stepped down from a number of uh, posts, as far as I understand. Right? All of them, no? that, that we also mentioned in the podcast, right? Yeah. All of them, I would think. I don't think that um, that is the main main. Uh, no, of no, course, he's yeah. finished in the yeah. chess world, but there is, yeah. Yeah, I think it's more on, on a bigger scale, bigger scale than this. So, yeah, it cannot appear to to a chess tournament. Come on, sounds, it's not. Of course, sounds unthinkable, and uh, yeah. also, uh, I'm not into to US laws, but uh, it could be broken in a number of ways. I mean, for a start. Uh, I don't know when you are minor in the states, uh, for instance. Uh, like this, but uh. it's also so creepy. There was some part where allegedly he was text messaging somebody about researching and the legal age in her state and so on. Yeah, sounds yeah. wrong on so many levels. So no, it's 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 uh, it, it's shocking, but of course uh, it should be dealt with. And also, I, there is so many many things in it. Also, we have to. Just community apparently have to be better also at uh, I mean, preventing it. Uh, but of course, uh, this, of course. this matter has to be dealt with uh, seriously. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, hard to add uh, thing. I think we, we agree that this is uh, shocking and uh, we are a bit of... No, yeah, I think the only thing left to say is that, of course, full sympathy to, to all the victims and applause to, to those who had the, the bravery to come forward with this and obviously full support to Jen who yeah mentioned herself even in her tweet that she's working been working on this behind the scenes 
for a long time and starting starting this process, which hopefully I will lead to. And she also did some some sac- I mean, she, she resigned from. She stopped doing commentaries in San Luis as well. So um, she even made some financial. Uh, say. Um, uh, sacrifice. I mean, so overall, I mean, she, she did uh, well. It was it was so much easier to continue the job uh, in San Luis, and uh, uh, yeah, so it was it was good that she 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 she. A, a saddening reality that uh, she was the one who had to give up her job because she found it uh, yeah, intolerable, and it, it was not possible to. Well, it didn't get solved at that point, at least, right? And also that both she had to lose her job and that these things uh, apparently has continued. Yeah, but there's never a timeline for these things. I think we just have to applaud her for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not, critic- I'm, I'm not criticizing her. Orchestrating this and, uh, and coming forward. Uh, at all, I'm saying Anytime. she's been treated wrong as well. Very disturbing news. Um, I felt we, we had to at least address it because the news just broke after after we were done recording the podcast i'm i'm still speechless i hope yeah everybody is as okay as can be under the circumstances and this is brought to justice yeah don't know what else to say thanks for listening correspondence update really no, 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 no. I'm sorry. No, we you must keep that as a. No, as but a... let's make a rule, Peter. You update us if you have a different result. I will apologize to everyone if you have a different result than winning a winning against the guy without a computer or b drawing everybody else. Then okay, if you, if you don't have anything that happened uh, one month ago already, that uh, against the same opponent, I have one win and one draw. Uh, so you have one and a half of two against the guy without the computer. <laughs> <laughs> so you didn't beat the guy without the computer? Congrats. Ah, because you played Berlin, yeah? And then he played. <laughs> no, well, for a start, it's 960. But no, it's an interesting thing. Maybe I just blundered in terms of it took me too long time to understand that he was not playing without the computer. But alternatively, well, he's actually made some points in some of the other games. So it's a bit unclear to me. My feeling is also that some of the players... Maybe they pl- they have this rule that in 960 they will play the first 10 moves themselves and then they switch on the computer. <laughs> it's a bit unclear. No, I also thought about it that, um, I mean, well, I am wondering why are they wasting their time like this? But they could also argue if someone sent me an email and saying, you know, hi, I would like to play Magnus Carlsen's coach in an online uh, correspondence game uh, and I'm just going to think on my own and you can use the computer. How do you feel about that? Well, I'll obviously say no, but it's re- in reality, that's what's happening in a way here. Yeah. So uh, so you're wondering why the others are wasting their time playing 960 correspondence? Just- <laughs> no, I'm a, bit, I'm a bit puzzled. But no, at the moment, I have to admit, I have some kind of a motivational crisis because... Uh, <laughs> But. It's just uh, basically relaying the computer moves, but I think the strategical <laughs> st- really, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the depth of analysis in correspondence chess—it's mind-boggling. So I apologize. No, my, I think we should make an update if we once every couple of months. Yeah, it's because it's quite funny. I'm I'm gonna win three of the games. I mean, one guy, Ooh. but one guy seems to me not to play with the computer in the beginning, but he has actually scored quite some points against the others, so I'm a bit positive. No, but actually the main intrigue is to know whether the guy is using the computer or when does he start using the computer. Yeah, uh, but I somehow also, I thought it's, uh, 
I was also rude to ask, right? I mean, uh, uh, excuse me, sir, but are you using a computer? And if you are, how, why are you making these mistakes? There's no reasonable way to, 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 to ask, is there? Or? But sometimes in these computer games, you get decisive results. Is it in 960, would no. you get more decisive results because of the weirdness of the position? Or is it just all going to be draws? No, that is in, in this TCEC tournament, right? Yeah, if they get some random positions here, but that's why, why I'm asking. Well, they are trying to have positions that actually has some advantage for one of the players. That's the problem with this Chess 960 games here, that um, while for humans, it, they are very difficult, but for computer, it doesn't matter. I mean, it's... Because there was this take at some point that some positions are incredibly advantageous for white. That's not true, yeah? And Lingo or maybe yeah, not not to. I don't think there's anything close to to winning. But well, for instance, uh, one of the the matches I have is is very interesting because uh, well, it's a sh very sharp starting position that basically well, I mean it's okay, it's getting too long. Okay, this is taking your time from the segment. With black, I chose to go for something well, very principled, not giving him a small positional edge. While with black, he chose the opposite, but he he is he's manning to drawing me, but. Uh, uh, generally speaking, computers are, are too strong. Okay, so one question. Yes. Uh, how many times did you overhaul the computer? Well, I'm using different engines, so... But no, I mean, like... The answer is zero. <laughs> no, no. Of course no, the answer is zero. That's actually not true. He feels brave if he plays the no. second Stockfish move in the first Komodo yeah. move. No, that's not how it is. I mean, normally you realize that you can analyze, but none of your moves gives you anything, and then, you know, you postpone your decision, and after one week, you think, stuff it, I'm just, uh, I like this one most, so there is some uh, feeling. But picking like, one of the zero, zero, zero moves is not overruling the computer. No, I'm not saying that, okay, this is minus zero fifty, but I like it. Of course not. I mean, oh, okay. so but the problem with modern engine is that... Did they, you ever make a move where a computer was giving, let's say, zero ten, and your move was zero zero five, and you still made it? I might have, uh, you know, sort of freaked out like this at some point. Yeah, actually, wow. the guy I beat one and a half, uh, half, I mean, I was playing some moves to make... Well, I was playing H4, H5, H6, of course. I had to do that. Uh, but um, that I was doing to try to unbalance it a little bit. But, um, well, he was also the kind of guy I realized that if I made a move before 8 o'clock at night, he will always reply immediately. So I thought that, you know, there is a chance to, to beat him like this. And then, uh, well, the game, that, the game that ended a draw with him, I tried to keep it going as long as possible to make him... You know, make a mistake, but uh, no, no chance there. So because it was space right. Yeah. Like, like. Thank you, Peter, for the update yeah, on the you. correspondence 960 chess. Um, I can't wait to hear more. Laurent, you now have half an hour to tell us about Bayern versus PSG ah. tomorrow at 9 p.m. Bayern won the first game 1-0, then came to my hotel in Düsseldorf. Got some good rest. Lost to Mönchengladbach. And now it's the rematch. I will do 30 seconds. Please tell us everything. I will do 30 seconds. In the first match, Mbappé was injured. He just went. He just came in after one hour. This time, he's in full shape. So, we will see. Ooh, we will see. We will see. I, I strangely have a feeling that, uh, not necessarily that PSGs will qualify, but that it's going to be interesting. Actually. I, have, I have a strong feeling that PSG will qualify, but... Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Bookmakers disagree, but uh, what the heck? Yeah. I mean, I mean it, it, it's good. Uh, I will even make some bet. I don't know how much, but uh, I can imagine. Yeah. I can. I, I feel it.
I like about your betting that you do it from a cold analytical perspective <laughs> and just straightly <laughs> checking the odds, never betting on the team that you like that's from your city. Ah, no, no, you're, you're a shark out there. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. What else do we have? Nothing. New motto. Who wrote this? Write a motto for the Chicken Chess Club. Is that one of our tweets? No, this is no. I think our producer was uh, trying to check out. Uh, no, no. This is the AI Chat uh, GPT sign. So mm -hmm. basically, you try to make it suggest. Uh, well, you know, make a motto or a song or a rap song or something like this, and then uh, they will do it. And, uh, Terrible though. Strategize like a rooster, play with the heart of a hen. Welcome to the Chicken Chess Club. Oh, that's not very impressive. Strategize, cluck, and conquer. Yeah, that's funny, no? That's horrible. That's what I like. That's not very impressive either. <laughs> no. We do need a motto, though. What could be the motto? The show where we talk about chess. That's not really a motto. But uh, I'm not, I, I always end up with sarcasm. It doesn't really work. Even for our election campaign, we couldn't come up with a motto. Maybe that could be a motto. We always end up with circles. <laughs> that doesn't yeah, really work. Okay. No, no, no. <laughs> All right, yeah, we give up. No motto. No. no content. No ambitions. What else do we have? Ravi Srivastava is saying, hey, guys, love the podcast. Thank you. Heard you're looking for things to offer for your patron subscribers. Now, nah, that's an empty gesture. Just give us money. <laughs> um, how about a chicken chess repertoire for the club player? That's asking for too much, but we could do it. We could do it somewhere else. A 50-level rated player's way to quick draw with both colors. It's easier with white. Let's let's make a white draw. <laughs> Are you sure it's easier with white? Oh, yeah, it's, I'm sure. Yeah, you go e4. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm you sure. go e4 sure. for sure, and then we will. <laughs> or d4. Really? We we can do alternating repertoires. Really? Yeah, I think so. Well, I've worked all my life on a d4 drawing repertoire. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, but. I mean, okay, we can make both in world championship matches when we needed a draw. I remember, especially with Vichy, but I forgot if we ever needed a draw with Magnus. I thought e4 was the easier way to force a draw. That's supposed to be the the default. Yeah, I think it's as far as I remember. The, the problem is if they are willing to give up a big advantage, you usually have to play, and I think that goes for both d4 and e4. But yeah, the common thinking is d4. I know you have to put up with. Benoni's or King's Indian sidelines, which or Leningrad Duchess, which are maybe more fighting, paying a slower price than. Well, there is Semislav, there is, I mean, triangle stuff. There is, there is various things out there you can play King's Indian for that matter, right? No, if yeah, E4, of course, it's logical because it's a more open game, as it's called, so it leads to a more direct clash, and it's very hard for black. But still, I've seen even Magnus like. <laughs> In e4, c5, it's not that simple to, to force a draw sometimes. When, no? when he yeah. needed a draw against um, Karana leading 2-0, I think he's, he switched to 1e4 in the match, right? In the yeah, play. yeah, but he just played some some stuff, no? 5f3 or whatever. And I'm not no, sure. that was And that was against Kayakin. That was Kayakin, Kayakin yeah. Karana was, so was c4. Uh, c4 and I take c6 is also not exactly a draw. Really? No, no. Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, sort of, but still... Um, yeah, I think what few few good repertoires. No, of course, white is not not worse anywhere. But yeah, I think the common thinking is you're right that e4. Yeah. If you're able to play both equally well. No, the only time I have done it very methodically was this uh, game eleven for for Vichy against uh, well Team Fresine, but uh, Kramnik playing right. Um, I mean, there basically with e4 we thought, well, the Karakan was not so easy to force a draw against, as far as I remember. That was yeah. not in our radar. 
I know the problem. I know the problem. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But else, I mean, everything in, well, for instance, the four knights in e4, e5 is basically, it's very simple, right? And, uh, <laughs> I know that problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, more from the black. I mean, Sicilians you could also kind of take care of and things like this. It's just a. Uh, Panov, you cannot force do in Panov? Well, I mean, Geary gave it a try against Magnus recently, right? That's true. Am that, I, was, that was actually, I mean, was, yeah. But I guess yeah. a6 could be, we could take care. Yeah, of. yeah. No, but I think Jan describes this well. I mean, these situations uh, in most draw games for white, um, well, your opponent is going to do something weird, and probably it's a bit easier to do something weird against in D4 yeah. against E4, right? No, for but, sure. Uh, well, of course, also Vicious' decision was that, uh, well, he understood Kramnik is going to do something strange, and while we have prepared D4 for the match, he's a natural E4 player. So as he's going to be surprised anyway, why not at least beat something that you have been, you know, doing your whole life? It makes makes. Yeah, I think that's the more important yeah. consideration. You sort of yeah. want to play on your on your home turf there, and for most people, you grow up an E4 or a D4 player, and then you default to that one. But of course, when we're talking about repertoires for club players, it's also not really trying to force a draw against an opponent who needs so to win at all costs, making it weird. There, I think, yeah, doing a chicken chicken repertoire that can just be a solid E4 or D4 repertoire actually could have some value. And being a chicken, in my definition, doesn't mean that you're trying to force a draw with white. You're trying to avoid situations that could be unclear, and you often play like forcing lines, where yeah, your opponent has to has to know his stuff, and then he could make a draw in the best case. But frankly, that's a very common approach to chess openings nowadays, anyway. So I think it often gets mistaken, once again, this is my definition, which doesn't exist anywhere, that being a chicken means playing passively or playing solidly. Often it's the opposite. You play yeah. aggressively and you try to force the fight early so that you don't have to maneuver later. You, you, I mean, that's also, I see, being a chicken is you're trying to avoid playing. I mean, well, at some point I was playing poker tournaments with you guys, but my poker style is incredibly chicken. I tried to basically play push or fold, right? I mean... You want to, well, basically, you try to push all the money in. Uh, so, the, I mean, well, basically, you try to avoid making difficult decisions. You have zero confidence in your ability to, to, to handle complexity, right? I mean, is that how you see it? Yeah, I'm not sure we're selling our course, our future course very well. <laughs> no, but no. no, of course, the, the chicken nature is not so much stylistic, but trying to avoid a, a fight or prolonged tension, um, and yeah, often it's mistaken as let's play very solidly or let's try to exchange queens very early, which is often a horrible strategy for making a draw. You end up sit there sitting in some long endgame being chipped down. So no, there are defi different definitions to the way of the chicken. You can also be Laurent, who's not really chicken, he's just lazy. So you just offer a draw on move 21 <laughs> and you go home. <laughs> Laurent is not a chicken at all. I mean, wow, no, come on. See. No, he's just pragmatic. He's pragmatic. No, no, I'm, I'm a chicken. But it's like, you know, like if you think I'm optimistic while I'm not, but... No, but you're just not a chicken. I mean, you you try to play chess and uh, this kind of thing. No. <laughs> try to be he's safe. Silly. Yeah, hmm. maybe maybe he's just... He's, um, There's some solidity yeah. <laughs> built in there. <laughs> anyway, but we, we heard the idea for a, a repertoire. Yeah. No, and it could be useful if you are, uh, let's say, 1500, you play some 1800, you can start to play solid and the guy is going to try to, to take risks. So, I mean, it can, can be useful at every level, actually, and you improve your chances to win, actually, by being a chicken. Well, being good in the opening is often not bad. It's not the only thing. 
to chess, but yeah, it, it does help. Hot take. I will get many angry tweets saying until 2400, you need endgame tactic strategy. No openings. Thanks. Keep them coming. <laughs> well, is there, I think there should be a one minute segment at the end where Jan should summarize the content of the episode with his fake touch. Oof. Shall we do that? Before, before we do that, is there anything you guys want to address in the language of your, of your choice? I had seven points for my feeder segment, but I feel that the time has passed. So yeah. Ah, uh, you got the you got the Kramnik segment, I think. That yeah, yeah. That seems like. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. Account. Oh yeah. wow. Yeah. I'm amazed. Wow, such. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Jan is no, a not, boss. <laughs> He's amazing. Okay. Not too much. What are we looking forward to in the next week? Actually, European Championship is uh, peaking. That's going to be a decision. But yeah. Um, no. I don't know. I no. might be. I might be playing German Cup. That's going to be exciting. Wow. I might not be. Um, I might be playing the 13th. That's, that's a big event. So that will be next Monday. The play-in for the next uh, online event. Peter, let's make a challenge. Wow. Yes. When is it? It's the 13th, Monday. Next Monday at 4 or 5, I don't know. I, I can tell you more. But I, can, I could play and we can make um, you know, a challenge. Yeah, yeah. Well, we have to agree on some kind of uh, handicap number of points I get when we come. Handicap, but we have the same rating, brother. Not in reality, but uh, I haven't played Blitz for. Okay, you're saying next Monday, maybe? It's, te it's ten plus two. It's not Blitz. Ten plus two. Wow. Even you get increments, you don't lose on time. No, no. I might have to look after a kit, but I guess that's possible to do at the same time if it's ten plus two. Though. Yeah. So. And you can think about openings for Magnus at the same time. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Do, but do you need to install cameras and all these kind of things? <laughs> yeah, I don't. Okay. See, probably, if you don't, probably nobody will accuse you no, anyway. No, no. But <laughs> yeah, you're supposed to Maybe install okay. at least one camera, I would guess. Okay, okay. I will consider it. Yeah, long, okay. So, yeah. Excellent. Then let's sum up the week in, in Dutch. Disclaimer, I don't really speak Dutch. But here we go. And thank you to the dear listeners who made it this far. <laughs> See you next week. Or not. We never know. Deze week minder dan niets gebeurt in de wereld van de schaken. Even kijken. Ah ja, Magnus heeft gespeeld tegen, tegen John Ludwig Hammer. En tegen David Howell. Eén gewonnen, één remise. <laughs> ja, lekker Magnus. Goed gespeeld. Um, gefeliciteerd. Um, Pro Chess League weet ik veel, he, heb ik niet gezien. Um, Europese kampioenschappen, um, kijken volgens mij Tommy Bertsen. Tommy Bertsen, heel goed toernooi. Gefeliciteerd Tommy, 3 alle 4. Wat een toernooi van Tommy Bertsen. Ja, Kramlik heeft een heel um, lange post geschreven waar <laughs> ik snap niet wat hij zeggen wil. Ik snap het helemaal niet. Peter Arnielsen um, speelt nog steeds uh, 960 correspondence schakken. Heel leuk, heel leuk. En um, ja, minder dan iets gebeurt. Dankjewel. Tot ziens. Doei. Dankjewel. Bye. Klaar, mijn gast.